All right, so we'll say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors to thank our Tamutora sponsors. For the month of, for the month of Nisan, to thank Stephen Terry Zinn for dedicating all the Shimon Drushos in honor of the birth of their grandson on Dinsvi Hachbaum, to thank Benjamin and Elise Wall for dedicating all the Shurim this month in honor of all those who make the Shurim and Drushos accessible beyond the confines of the base Medrash, specifically Maishi Abramson and Jeremy Lassen, to thank Shimi and Batsheva Messing for dedicating this month in honor of the Bas Mitzvah of their daughter Lila, and to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating the Shurim and Drushos in memory of Paul's parents, Shmuel ben Zechariah, Leah Bas Avram, and his great-grandmother, Cyril Bas Rabdova. Also with that, let us begin. A lot to do today. So we are picking up today's daf is daf Dalid. We are picking up Emirat Hashem at the Gemara on daf Gimel Amud Beis. So remember again, the Mishnah said, in Mimashkinin Esa Katan. So we do not see his collateral for the Matzah Sashakil of a Katan. So again, we're actually going to discuss this idea a little bit more in the next Mishnah as well. But I will say, in general, again, the Mishnah is going to be bothered. Well, let's see. So the Gemara says, Halidvah Tovin. So interestingly enough, the Mishnah says, you don't see his collateral from a Katan for the Matzah Sashakil. But it does sound like you would go ahead and say that the Katan is obligated to give Matzah Sashakil, which is very interesting because a Katan is a katan, right? And Bepashtus, again, a child is not obligated in Maxis Ashakel, to which the Gemara says, Chada de Itmar, excuse me, Chada de Tamar, Saras. No, 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 when do we say that ultimately we collect the Maxis Ashakel from a katan? That's only a katan who has two heirs, right? Who, again, exhibited signs of physical maturation, who's effectively treated like a gadol in many respects. Aval, lo hevi saras, lo if the katan has not exhibited signs of physical maturation, we would not even try to collect, we would not even try to collect matzah shaka from him. Ulamashkin in mashkin. I both say here, there's a very important, on the left-hand margin, there is something called hagoz hagro. So the gro, the Vilna Gon, has certain emendations over here on the Gemara. So this is actually a very important one. He writes, you see, by that aleph. That's the aleph in the Gemara, refers you to the left-hand margin. Sarach Lomar, we don't collateralize, in other words, we don't seize collateral from Maxis Ashakel until a person reaches the age of 20. So I will say, well, we just learned over here something very interesting. So number one, a katan doesn't have to give Maxis Ashakel. Now, the father can give Maxis Ashakel on behalf of his son if he so chooses. Once a, ch- once a boy reaches the age of physical maturation, right? Again, physical maturation. Then Allah Chalamaisa, he's supposed to give Maxis HaShakel, but we will not seize collateral. The only time we begin to seize collateral for the collection of Maxis HaShakel is when the young man reaches the age of 20. Good. That's what the Gemara is. We'll say, skip the parentheses. Kine Masnisin. Again, the Mishnah supports this. I'm sorry. Kine Masnisin. Furthermore, we learned in the Mishnah. So we'll say, furthermore, we don't seize collateral from Kohanim. Because it's not respectful to seize collateral from the Kohanim. Now, we'll say, if you take a look at the Tiklin Chadatin for just a moment, it's actually You see, the Tiklin Chadatin on this staff is on the bottom of the page, the bottom left. So you skip a little bit. So we'll say, what the Gemara is pointing out of here is as follows. That halacha lemaisa, you see, there's different gear souls. Some say we don't go ahead and 
seized collateral from the Kohanim, Mibnei Darki Shalom. So the Gemara now is saying is, it can't be about Shalom. Why isn't it about Shalom? Because we'll say if it was about Shalom, that applies to every person. The reason we don't seize collateral from the Kohanim is alts covered. There's a certain level of covered that is due to the Kohanim, therefore we won't seize collateral from them for Machzis HaShakel. Am the Hayid. So we'll say, remember again, now we had in the mission an interesting Machlokas. What was the Machlokas? Are Kohanim obligated in Machzis HaShakel or not? So Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda said that that if a coin gives Machzis HaShakel, he's not sinning. Which of us tells you, what is a coin obligated? Is a coin obligated? No. What it's saying is he's not obligated, but if he does so, he's not doing anything wrong. Versus the position of Yochanan ben Zakkai, who said that any coin who does not give Machzis HaShakel is chote, which means a coin is obligated for Machzis HaShakel. So fundamental Machlokas. So let's analyze. Amra Brachia, time to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's logic is the Pasik says as follows, Ze Yitnu, but say, interestingly enough, the numerical value, the gematria of Ze is 12. Yud Beis Shvatim Yitnu, which tells you all 12 tribes have to go ahead and give Machzis HaShakel. Reb Tavim B'Shem Rav Hamnuna, Kema Shivin Chachamim, Rabbi Huda. This is how the Chacham responds to Rabbi Huda. This is the argument they make. Chatos Yochid Mesa. Both say the chatos of an individual is left to die. Ein chatos Tzibor Mesa. But the chatos of a Tzibor is never left to die. Minchas Hayochid Kreva Kalil. The mincha of an individual is totally offered up. Vein minchas Tzibor Kreva Kalil. But the mincha of a Tzibor is never offered up. Now both say, we're going to see exactly what this means. But just interestingly enough, if a normal, I think I spoke about this yesterday a little bit. When normally a coin offers up a karma mincha, let's say on behalf of someone else, on behalf of the tzibor, so the coin offers up the kamitza, right, which is the three fingerfuls, and everything else is consumed. However, again, when the coin offers up his own mincha, that mincha is totally consumed on the mizbeach. They both say what's happening over here is as follows. The school of thought that says that a coin should not offer, should not give the maxis a shekel, is because they'll both say, what does Machzis HaShakel, remember again, what's the point of Machzis HaShakel? What does Machzis HaShakel do for you? When you could do Machzis HaShakel, what does that do for you? Right? It gives you a portion in all offerings. Interestingly enough, while for us that sounds beautiful, for the Kohanim, it could potentially cause a problem. What's the potential problem? You see, they'll both say, we see that any time a coin offers up a carbon, pretty much, it's fully consumed on the Mizbeach. Which would then potentially mean, if you take that to the logical extension, if a coin gives Machzis a shekel and he has a partial ownership, therefore in communal offerings, so perhaps that means that every single offering has to be fully consumed and not fully fully consumed by the fire, fully offered up on the fire, and nothing is consumed. That's the tension over here. The question, the Gemara says, but one second, what you just said, do you bring a question for based on something that a person does not agree with? Because after all, Yehuda holds a little bit differently. This non, she'in chatos tzibor mesa, right? In general, both said, we hold that the chatos of a tzibor is never left to die. Rabbi Yehuda, Omer Thomas, Rabbi Yehuda says, yes, it is. So, vohu mosivlon, and Rabbi Huda holds that the problem with the Kohen offering of the Machsis HaShakel is that Halacha Lamaisei still retains some ownership over it. If there's ownership in communal offerings, that could pose a problem vis-a-vis the Kohen. However, the Gemara says, the, the, on the other hand, the other school of thought says, Others say, no, 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 once the coin offers up, once he offers up, 
the matzah shekel that is given over to the tzibor and personal ownership is relinquished. So the Gemara says, Ksev kala over ala pekudim. So the Pasik says, anyone who, now this time again, who is obligated in the Maxis Shagel? So one Pasik says, kala over ala pekudim. Whoever passes by, pekudim literally are the census takers or the counters. Rabbi Huda Rabbi Nechemya, chad amar kol be, kol do avid biyama yitain. So we'll say one opinion says, who gives Maxis Shagel? Anyone who passed through the Red Sea. If you pass through the Red Sea, if you pass through Yamsuf, you have to give Maxis Shagel. The Kharna, Kharna is the name of another of another of another Tano, the Kharna Amar called the Avid Al Pikudaya Yitain. Kharna says, no, whoever's counted has to give. Now we'll say, what's the Afghamina between those two opinions? Shevet Levi. Right? Shevet Levi wasn't counted. Shevet Levi wasn't counted. Although interestingly enough, the only machlokis of Rabosai is by Kohanim. Everyone is agreeing that, that Levium give. Okay? So the Gemara says. Is it whoever passed through the sea or whoever was counted? So the one who says that whoever passed through the Yamsuf has to give, has to give Maxus Ashakel, that's a part of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, because that would include Kohanim. However, but the one who says that whoever's counted has to give, that would, that would support the position of Rabbi Huda ben Bukhri, who holds that Kohanim are exempt. So how do we paskin? How do we paskin? Who has to give Maxus Ashakel? So we'll say, so here we go. The Rambam. The Rambam. The Rambam. In Hilchoshkalim. There is Hilchoshkalim, which is in Zmanim of Rambam. In Parak Aleph, Halacha Zayin says, we'll say, here we go. But I meant to mention, if anyone, there are, there are notebooks for Shkalim. If anyone wants a Shkalim notebook, they're right up here. So the Mishnah, so the Ram says, follows, Hakol Chayovin Lite Maxus Ashakel. Everyone is obligated to give Maxus Ashakel. Kohanim, Leviim, Yisraelim, Geirim, Avadim, Meshukhrarim. So we'll say, oh, Avadim, Meshukhrarim. So we'll say, so again, for our purposes, Kohanim are obligated. Halacha Lamaisa, we pass in like Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, that even Kohanim are obligated to give Maxus a shekel, which therefore, we'll say, tells us that interestingly enough, the way we dash in the Pasuk, Kala over Alapikudim, ultimately again teaches us whoever went through Yamsuf, is obligated in Machzah Shekel. Kohanim passed through Yamsuf, and therefore Halacha Lamaisa, they are obligated in Machzah Shekel as well. We'll say that is the Halacha. We'll talk about the exemptions, you know, the Rambam writes over here, Avalon Noshim, women aren't obligated, Kitanim, again, we'll, we'll get into that more. We'll say, here we go, Mishnah. Mishnah, Mishnah, Halacha Dalit. Mishnah. Even though we said before that you don't see collateral from women, from servants, and from kitanim. So we'll say, which means, if we're not seizing collateral, what does that effectively mean? What does it mean? It means you're not chayiv. means you're not chayiv. So as you just said before, women, avodim, kitanim, are not chayiv, in maxis ashakel. However, nevertheless, if they want to give, we of course will accept the donation. What about a, a guy? Right? A gen, Nachri is a Gentile. Kusim. We see Kusim throughout our journey in Shas. Remember again, Kusim were a group of people who came from the country of Kusa. And they were resettled in Eretz Yisrael during the exile of the ten tribes. They were resettled in Eretz Yisrael by Shalmaneser, the king of Ashur. They're living in Eretz Yisrael, minding their own business, worshipping idolatry. There's an outbreak of lions. They convert in order to stop the outbreak of lions. So there is a machlokis in the Gimara about are they Geire Emes or Geire Arayos? They both say 
Gerai Rayos, not with an ayin, but with an aleph, like Ari lion. Did they really genuinely convert? Or did they just convert to stop the line? So we'll say, we see this, I would venture to say, there's not a Masechta where we don't see Kusim. They're everywhere. They're Mamish everywhere. Right? So there's not a Masechta where we don't see them come up somewhere. Right? And, in, and again, there's always this tension. Are they Jews? Are they not the Jews? See, here we go. So the Mishnah says, when it comes to Machta Sashakel, Nochri the Kusi Shashiklu, in Mekablin, if a Nochri and a Kusi, Give Machzitz a shackle, we don't accept it. Man, ve'im makabla miyadam, kani zavim, kani zavos, v'kani yoldos, v'kinev. Sorry, we don't accept from them, we'll say, different bird offerings either. For zavim, for zavos, for yoldos, v'chatos v'ashamos, or a chatos or an asham. What will we accept from Anachri and Akusi? Ze'aklal, kol shenidav v'nidiv makabla miyadam, kol shenidav v'nidiv e'im makabla miyadam. We'll say, here's the halacha. From both Anachri as well as Akusi, we will accept any vowed or donative offering. What we won't accept is any, any obligatory offering. So for example, a nachri or a kusi could bring a nedr or a nedava. That, that, that they can do. What they can do is bring a chatas, an asham, all of these bird offerings for zav, for zava, for yoladas, that we don't accept. V'chim b'furash, ayde Ezra. And I both say this is incredible because Ezra said this, rebuilding the second base. It is not for you and for us to rebuild the house of God. I will say, this is incredible. And by the way, it, it like flies in the face of, of every single fundraising strategy, which is to say no to donations. To say no to donations. But yet again, Ezra said to the Gentiles who wanted to contribute to the base of Mekdash, thank you so much, but no thank you. But no, thank you. We're going to see Ezra's strategy was as follows. And this is really incredible. Ezra's strategy was, he was concerned to take donations from non-Jews because he was concerned that if the Jews see the non-Jews giving, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, say in general, what happens when you see someone else giving? Oh, they, they've got it. They, they, they've got this, right? They've got, in general, the, you know, the, the Gemara says, the Gemara says that a pot that belongs, right? Right? The pot that belongs to two people, it's never hot and it's never cold. Because one person always assumes the other person is just taking care of it. So Ezra felt that if the Jews have to take ownership, I will say, you know, sometimes in life, if you want to get something done, you have to own it. And the way to own it is to own it. And to do it, Ezra said, I don't want anyone else participating in this. This is Jewish people's endeavor. They have to get the job done. Top of Dalit. The Mishnah is introducing us to the concept of Kalbon. Kalbon, Abosay said, what is an additional payment? Which said that in addition to the Machsas HaShakel, you had to give another little extra. The little extra was essentially like another quarter of a shekel. So you have to give a kalbon. Now, both say, what was the logic for this? The logic for this was as follows. When you came, we already saw this reference a little bit in the previous, in the previous Mishnah. Remember, you came, the, the, the Shulchanos, the, the money changers set up shop. Because the goal was you had to give a maktis a shekel coin, literally half a shekel coin. So we'll say, so you would come to the, you would come to the Shulchan, you'd come to the money changer, take whatever currency you're using and exchange it for maktis a shekel. But a coin about, say, the maktis a shekel, remember again, Unlike today, right, where currency is just, you know, paper. So remember, again, the Maxis shekel was actually a coin of precious metal that had an inherent value. Well, what's the problem with coins is that over time they, um, what's the word? A road, yeah, a road, I guess, right? Some of the actual precious metal content is gone. So in order to ensure 
that everyone was giving the full value of Maxas HaShakel, essentially the Mishnah added on like a supplemental, just mini payment called Kalbon. A mini payment. So watch this. Ve'elush kalbon. Also, these are the people who have to give the kalbon. Leviim Yisraelim geirim avadim mishukrarim avol kohanim v'noshim v'avadim uktanim. So we'll say. So the people there are people who have to give the kalbon. People who don't have to give the kalbon. Again, we'll discuss why some have to give and why some don't have to give. The Gemara says shoka aide coin aide isha aide ever aide cotton potter. Similarly, if you give a machzah shekel. On behalf of a coin, on behalf of a woman, an Ebed, a cotton, you don't have to give the Kalbon. Let's say you're giving, now we'll say, as we're going to see as follows, let's say I'm giving a full shekel, a full shekel. I'm giving on behalf of myself and my friend. So what's the halacha? Chayiv Kalbon Echad. You only have to give one Kalbon on that. Rabbi Meir says, base Kalbonos. No, you have to give two Kalbonos. We'll say, what happens if halacha lamaisa, let's say you, you get change. You give a seller. And I both say, a seller is worth two shkalim. It's worth two shkalim. So a person gives a seller. I know saying seller of a no-tell shekel. So let's say that you give a seller to the base. I mean, they should get back a shekel. Chayiv shnei kalbanos. Interestingly enough, you're going to be chayiv two kalbanos, which is fascinating. One kalban, apparently, again, for the money you donated. And interestingly enough, another kalban on your change. So we're going to see why exactly you're getting taxed on the change you're getting back. Hashokal ani. If a person goes ahead and contributes a machzitz a shekel on behalf of a pauper, on behalf of your neighbor, yad ben iro or somebody in your city, putter. Ultimately, again, you don't have to pay a kalbon on that vim hilvan. But if you lent it to them, chayir. We'll say. So we're going to see something very interesting. That essentially, when you're doing a see, sometimes you pay on behalf of someone. But I'm, it's just a convenience thing. I, you know, I've, I've got a full shekel on me, or two shekels, or well, a whole shekel. You don't have any money on you. Okay, no problem. I'll, I'll take care of your half shekel of paying back later. That's a halva. On a halva, the Mishnah says, you have to pay a kalbon on both half shekels. However, if you're doing a tova for someone, but let's say again, you don't have to pay me back. I'm just happy to help you out. If you're doing a chesed for someone, and therefore you're paying the maxes a shekel on their behalf, you are not obligated to go ahead and pay a kalbon on that. Interesting. Ha'achana shutfin, I'll say this is a fascinating case. Ha'achana shutfin, shachyavim b'kalbon, p'turim ma'aser behemo. K'shavim ma'aser behemo, p'turim ina kalbon. Supposed to listen to this. So the Mishnah says, brothers who father died, they inherited an estate. So the Mishnah says, whenever they are chayiv in ma'aser behemo, they're potter from kalbon. Whenever they're chayiv in kalbon, they're potter from ma'aser behemo. So there is this reverse relationship between Meister Behema and Kalbon, we'll define exactly what that means in the Gemara. The Kamehi Kalbon, by the way, how much is a Kalbon? So Ma'a Kasef, it is a Ma'a of money, Ma'a of silver. Dear Rebbe Meir, the Chomis say no, Chatsi Ma'a, it is a half of Ma'a. So what's this, just to give you an idea, a half of a Ma'a would be a quarter of a Sela. So the relationships that you need to know for this is, a Sela equals two Shekel, and a Ma'a equals a half a sella. So therefore, again, according to the Gemara over here, that the Kalbon is a quarter of a sella. Okay? Says, you know, we'll say, let's analyze. So we'll say, so remember again, the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, even though we don't go ahead and seize collateral from children from Maftis HaShakel. So we'll say, so once again, the Gemara makes the inference. So I understand you don't take collateral, but it sounds like that you're still going to go ahead and Ask, Litwa means to ask 
to, to go ahead and ask for the Machzah Shaka from a child. But yet we said before that children are potter. So the Gemara says, Hacha at Amar Tovin, Vahacha at Amar In Tovin. What's going on over here? Do we cut Machzah Shaka from children or not? To which the Gemara says, it's not a contradiction. It's a Shaila physical maturation. If the, if the boy has, has exhibited signs of physical maturation, then we will tell him, give Maxis a shekel. But we will not collateralize. We'll say, as we saw, I'll see collateral. As we saw before in the Grah, the Grah explained that the progression is as follows. Before two hairs, before base Sa'aros, we're asking for anything. Base Sa'aros, we ask him, contribute Maxis a shekel, but we don't take collateral. Only once he reaches the age of 20, Will we go ahead and take collateral? Incredible. Hanochri vakusi. So we'll say this is very interesting. So now remember, the Mishnah said that we do not go ahead and we do not go ahead and take machtes shekel from a nochri and from a kusi. Says the Gemara, Amr Rabbi Ba, Amr Ba, Tipatri Kimand Amr Kusi Kinochri. So we'll say obviously our Mishnah reflects the view of the opinion who says that what that a kusi is like a nochri. That a kusi is treated like a Gentile. To which the Gemara says, De ispalginon, or dispalgin. Remember, this is the source of a machlokas. How do we treat a kusi? Kusi kinachri, to also here's the machlokas. Kusi kinachri divay rebbe. Rebbe holds that a kusi is treated like a nachri. Shemim Galil Omer, kusi ki Yisrael chol dover. Wow, but say, what a machlokas. What a machlokas. So you have Rebbe saying, a kusi is treated like a nachri. You have Shemim Galil saying, kusi is treated like a Jew. Mamish like a Jew. Am Rebbe Lezer, masnisin benachrim, ha bekusim lo. Shabbos Rebbe Lezer wants to suggest that our Mishnah is only talking about nachrim. Really, kusim should not be part of the Mishnah. Why shouldn't kusim be part of the Mishnah, Bosei? Because again, what Rebbe Lezer is going to say is that halacha lemaisa, everyone agrees that a nachri doesn't contribute maxas a shekel. But because kusim are subject to machlokas, maybe it shouldn't be included in the Mishnah of Atani, Cain Adam, Lerabos Esagerim. So we'll say the Pasuk over here that the Gemara is quoting is Dabral Bnei Yisrael Vemartaleim, Adam, Kiakriv Mikem Karban Lashem, Minabehema, Minabaka, Minasan, Tukiris Kabanchem. So we'll say, so interestingly enough, what the Gemara is picking up on over here is as follows. The Torah, when it speaks about who could bring a Karban, uses the Lashen of Adam. We'll say, now who does Adam refer to? Adam is one of the most generic terms. Right? One of the, for people. So the Gemara says something very interesting. Vitani Kain Adam, Lerabos es Hagerin. So Adam comes to include not just natural born Jews, but converts as well. Mikem, from amongst you, is Lahotzi es Hamumrim, to exclude Api Carson. Right? So say, if somebody does not believe in the Karbanas, somebody does not believe in Torah, Ultimately, again, we won't accept a carbon from them. Masnisin pligya Rabbi Lazar. So ultimately, again, the Mishnah argues in Rabbi Lazar. Ein mekablin miyadam kani kani zavin vizavos kani yodos vichiyesh kine zavin vizavos benachrim. Suppose, remember again, when the Mishnah says that we don't accept kine zavim and zavos from nachrim, why would you think we would? I say those halachos of zivos and the halachos of yoledes are adin by Jews. So why would you ever think that a Gentile would be bringing these karbanos? Rather, what you have to say is the beginning of the Mishnah speaking about non-Jews. 
right? Namely, so when it comes to Machsis HaShekel, we won't accept the Machsis HaShekel from non-Jews. And the Seifa, which speaks about, again, the Kinim, the bird pairs, we won't take, or Chatas and Asham, that not only will we not accept from Nachrim, which is obvious, but we won't even accept it from Mumrim, from Apikarsim as well. So the Gemara says, Kenu, Reisha, Benachrim, and Seifa, Bakusim. On Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says as follows, Betchila in Mekablan Mehem. So we'll say, interestingly enough, when we first begin to go ahead and build the base Hamikdash, we will not accept donations from non-Jews. Now, I will say, if you take a look at the Tiklin Chadatin, Tiklin Chadatin is all the way on the bottom of the page. Look in the left-hand column of the Tiklin Chadatin, second line down. Amr B'yochran Betchila, Betchilas Habinyan, Dechayshinan Shema, Lerifyon Heim Miskabnin, Kedichsev. So we'll say, this is interesting. See, what Rabbi Yochanan says is as follows. We will not, we don't accept donations from non-Jews at the beginning process of the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. Why not? What are we concerned about? So we'll say we're concerned that perhaps of two things. Number one, that Jews will become a little bit lazy in contributing. And number two, more than that, that the Gentiles may be trying to sabotage the project. Because by kind of creating the impression that they're taking financial responsibility for it, again, it's kind of one and the same thing. The Jews will back down a little bit. Why do the, well, you know, if somebody else is taking care of it, we don't have to contribute towards this. And the job will end up not getting done. Therefore, Rabbi Yochanan says, based on Ezra, we do not accept Gentile donations for the beginning of the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. Incredible. So the Gemara says, We don't accept donations. We'll say, Dover Mesuyam means something specific. So for example, if the, um, the Gentile family wants to go ahead and donate um, whatever it is, the lobby, you know, we're, we, we won't accept specific donations and we don't accept non-specific donations. Once the project is kind of nearing its completion, then what? Then we accept donations. <laughs> we accept donations. But I will say, interestingly enough, Rabbi Yochanan says, we won't accept specific donations, only generic donations. So for example, the Gentile family would be precluded from donating a specific item in the Beis HaMikdash, but they could give a general donation. We don't accept donations at all, right? Neither in the beginning of the construction, end of the construction, something specific, something non-specific. So the mission ultimately argues on Rabbi Yochanan, because after the Mishnah said, I'm sorry, Mishnah says, So Mishnah says, we don't accept Hegdish or Nadava for Bede Kabayis. Pastor Lei, Bein Mitchila, Bein Mesof, and the way we interpret that is that means you can't accept anything at the beginning or at the end when it is a specific, you know, donation. In other words, we both say the logic behind that is we don't want the name of the Gentile specifically tethered to the Beis HaMikdash. It is our job to build the Beis HaMikdash. It is our job to dedicate a, a, a Beis HaMikdash. So therefore, again, the most you could do is at the end of the construction process, you could accept generic donations. But as a general approach, halacha you cannot go ahead and accept specific donations for specific items. Incredible. So, it's possible the way to interpret this is that ultimately, the way the Gemara is interpreting this Mishnah is where a Gentile goes ahead and donates something specific at the beginning of the construction process, we can't even accept the money. And if the Gentile won't accept the money back, 
we throw it into the Yamamel. So it's really an incredible Gemara. And it just shows you again how, how what Ezra, this is all based on Ezra, but what Ezra was trying to show is if you want to accomplish something in life, you must take full ownership over it. You cannot assume that other people are going to do anything. Because if you rely on other people to do things, then more often than not, the things that are important to you don't get done. So Ezra said, obviously talking to the cloud, talking to the cloud, this is our base Amikdash. This is our project. We must take financial ownership over it. The most we could do is at the end of the construction process, you could take non-specific donations. So we'll say the Mishnah because there's another, well, because another Mishnah that says anyone could anyone could go ahead and donate a vowed offering. Now, both say nidarin means could be the subject of a vow offering. Now, in general, when we say someone could be the subject of a vow offering, what that generally means is like this. If I go to Ruvain and I say, Ruvain, your value is on me. So I've pledged now the value of Ruvain to the base of Mikdash. So that's how a person becomes the subject, the subject of a vow. So Pastor Le Ola said it's referring to an Ola that, remember again, both say that a, a non-Jew is permitted to go ahead and give an Ola, for example, as a neder or a Nidava. Just can't give obligatory offerings. Necha, nodrin Ola, Nidarin Ola, Lo, Bosei. So that makes sense if you say that a Nachri has the ability to offer up an Ola. But what does it mean when you say that a Nachri has the ability to be the subject of an Ola? What, what does that mean? Ela, Kisha Amr Yisrael Harei Alai Ola, What's the case? The case is where a Jew said, I hereby take upon myself to give an Ola. And the Nachri says, the Nachri said, what he said, I'll take one of those also. Right? So we'll say, so that's where, so that's where the Nachri kind of latches on to the donative opportunity of the Jew, where the Jew says, I'm giving an Ola. Nachri says, put me down for one of those also. That's what it means when it says Nidarin, that he's the subject, so to speak, of the, of the, of the offering. Not literally that he's the subject, but once the Jew is speaking, the Nachri says, I'll do that also. Good. So we'll say, but however, the Nachri will not go ahead and bring Nisachim, right, together with his oldest, even though again, and this is Halacha Lamaisa, right, that a Nachri, a Nachri can go ahead and bring any type of donated offering. He just can't bring anything obligatory. Now with the Mishnah, the Gemara just does this, qualifies that, that when the Nachri brings even his donated opportunity, he does not bring Nisachim. He does not bring libations along with that. Ayu Moser Nesachim, lo sinun. So we'll say it now again. Moser Nesachim means and the leftover klishares. Ultimately, again, don't they go ahead? I'm sorry, the leftover Nesachim. What happens with them? Don't they go into the klishares? Nimsa maybe davar mesuyam. It turns out then that we'll say that what that Allah halamaisa the Nachri will end up bringing something specific with his offering. I will say, but we learned that a Nachri has the ability to make an Erech vow and be the subject of an Erech vow. Is that not going to the Bedak Habayis? Hey, so the return to temple upkeep. So we'll say, 
So I will say, what's the case? The case over here is where the Nakhri is just simply donating. Once he's donating, the Gemara says, we have the ability to channel his donation in whatever direction we so choose. So the Gemara says, at Amar Af Hacha, so to over here by the Moser Nesachim. If there's any leftover Nesachim, Lashamayim hu miskavein, umeelehen omedeis, umeelehen hein boim. Good. So I will say, so again, bottom line, what's coming out over here is that Allah Chalamaisa, the Nakhri has the ability to offer up anything that is donated, or he could, he could donate that to the carbon. He does not bring libations along with his carbon. When it comes to donations to the Beis Hamikdash, we will not accept any specific donation. Others, he can't dedicate the Beis Hamikdash lobby or or any other specific part. But at the end of the construction process, we will halacha lamaisa accept general donations. Good about I skip the brackets. So Rish Lakish says when the pasuk says lo it is not for them or not for you and for them or lo Literally, not for you and for us to build the house of God. So interestingly, says, based on this, it's not just the pshat that we're not going to accept the donations of the nachrim for the base hamikdash, but bepashtos. What that also sounds like is. We're not going to accept the donations of the Nakhim for any type of vital resources. For example, La'ama Sanawasai means as follows that there was a channel of water that went through the Azar, that went through the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. Right? That water was there for cleaning purposes, that water was there for, right, for anything they needed water for. Chomoseir means the walls of the city. So Bipashos, the Gemara is saying, is that Ezra's injunction against accepting Gentile donations was not just a din in the actual construction of Beis HaMikdash. But perhaps was a din in anything vital, which I will say, it's such a powerful, it's such a powerful yisod, right? Because in the world of fundraising, we often assume that the mindset is what, is what, take as much from whoever, right? If all the fundraisers take as much as, and what you see about say is that's not necessarily true, because the idea, the idea that Ezra is trying to create over here is a sense of achrayis. Because I will say, remember again, what is Ezra contending with? Well, say, remember again, the, the, the deep, dark secret of the Bayesheni was that the majority of Klal Yisrael did not come back, right? The majority of Klal Yisrael did not want the second Beis HaMikdash, did not want to come back to Eretz Yisrael. Intermarriage was at on, unparalleled on levels. So Lamaisa, what you have over here is Ezra saying, listen, either we own this or we don't do it. Right? We, could, we could probably raise the money from other nations as well, but either we do this or we don't do this. It's such an incredible idea. So the Gemara goes right there. So I will say, if you skip the brackets, if you skip the brackets of the, from Tani to Da'amar, Da'amar Masnisa, because ultimately, again, the Mishnah says, what's the reason, Rabbi Meir, Da'amar Meir, Kashim Shashik Lo Torah, Kach Kolbono Torah. So I will say, so again, that, that, that effectively ends the sugya of the Nachim. Now I will say, what I want to point out, remember, what was important for this sugya for us? Well, there's a number of things. First of all, what we accept from Nachim, what we don't accept from Nachim. No obligatory offerings from Nachim, only donative. Is donative a word? Good. Only donative offerings from Nachrim do we accept. That's number one. When it comes to building a base of Midrash, I will say this is very important because I don't know what's going to happen with the third base of Midrash. How about we'll find out about who, whose donations are accepted, right? Who's going to be able to PayPal, right? The, the base of Midrash. So that, 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 that we'll have to see. But interestingly enough, if the second base Hamikdash is any model for that, then ultimately we will not accept from Nachrim, which is really incredible. At most, 
at the end of the process, will accept non-specific donations. So really quite incredible. But, we'll say, but for our purposes, the part that is the burning question that we need to answer is, what about Nach, what about Kusin? Right, remember again, the Mishnah quoted, the Gemara quoted this dramatic machlokas between, um, between Rebbe and Rabbi Shem Gamliel. What is the status of a Kusi? So you have Rebbe saying, a Kusi is like a Nachri. Rabbi Shem Gamliel saying, a Kusi is mamish like a Jew for every single purpose. So we'll say, so obviously, the nafkamina is in many areas of halacha, but specifically here, machzis hashakel. What's the halacha? So we'll say here, the Rambam says, "Aval kusim shenochnu machzis hashakel ein mekablin mehen." We'll say halacha lemaisa. Rambam paskins: We treat akusi like a nochri, like a non-Jew, and therefore we do not accept machzis hashakel. We'll say now again to the point. I want you to understand something. It's not just that akusi is not obligated, but rather again, both akusi and the nochri, we don't accept. From him. We don't accept, because I will say, remember again, it makes a lot of sense. What's the whole point of Machzitz HaShagal? What's the whole point? It gives you a chilek in communal sacrifices. Well, that's only for people, that's only people who are supposed to have a chilek. Therefore, he won't accept from Kuzim, won't accept from I will say, now what I'll tell you, we don't have time for it now, but what about a Yisra Mumar? This is a big one. What about a Jew who's in Apikores? Do we accept Machzitz HaShagal from such a person? You know, say for yourself, I bet it's not a kasha. Why is it in a kasha? Because if he's in Apicaris, then what? Not he's not giving. So not true, Rabbi saying. Uh, because at the end of the day, we all live with inconsistencies. We all live with inconsistencies. And we know that Baruch Hashem, Ruchnias is not an all or nothing thing. It's not like the Pshat that I say, well, I, I, I speak Lashon Hara. And by the way, not just recreationally, <laughs> right? but, but I'm habitual. So you know what? If, if I'm already speaking Lashon Hara, such a terrible day, right? I don't put on film. You know, forget it. The whole thing is gone. Well, so we all live with inconsistencies. So there are plenty of things that we do wrong, but yet it doesn't negate the things that we do right. So you could have, it's not a stira to say, you could have Yisrael Mummer who wants to go ahead. So I, I remember there was a guy who once a number of years ago, this is probably going back, then we really have to finish. This is going back a number, probably when I first came to Baltimore, who came to sell me his chametz, came to sell me his chametz, and, um, and he asked me if he had a box of matzah, if I had a box of matzah for him. Give him a box of matzah. So not, not a particularly, you know, religious individual. And he told me that he eats chazer treif. Mamish eats chazer. But he said on Pesach, he's makbid not to eat chazer with bread. He only eats chazer with matzah. So let's see, you say to yourself, it's incredible. Mika, I mean, I'm not encouraging it, but you understand, it, it's, it's mika amcha yisrael. You say to yourself, really? Really, you know, God, enjoy your bread. Enjoy your it's not true. It's not true. Because let's say, if a Jew saves himself from the Yisrochamitz, even if he's eating his chazer sandwich on matzah, his chazer brai, right? He's mamish eating chazer brai on, 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 on Pesach. At, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yisrael kidoshim him. Every Jew wants Kedusha. Some of us have the ability to actualize it in totality, and some of us struggle with a lot of inconsistencies. But even the Yisrael Mumar wants Kedusha. So we'll say, anyway, that's the Ramam and Hilchos, my Sarkarbonos, Parakim, Allah, Adalabah, we'll have to say that for a different time. Let's finish. Masis Rabbi Meir. So we'll say, remember again, the Mishnah, like Rabbi Meir, Da'am Rabbi Meir, Keshem Shishak, Lotorah, Kach, Kalbano Torah. So we'll say, remember again, now, now Kalbon. Remember again, we spoke about the surcharge that is attached to Machzis HaShakel. The surcharge. So Rabbi Meir says, the same way that there's a biblical obligation to give machzah shekel, kolbon is also a din da'oraisa. So the Gemara says, Kasav Rabbi Meir, binosin shiklo sholim shuchai bekalbon. So Rabbi Meir was about to say that halacha lemaisa, that when you give a full shekel, and I must remember again, a full shekel is two half shekels. When you give a full shekel, you have to give two kolbons. Don't Rabbi Meir, 
Kemin matnei shalish chotziak lishbaruch mitachas kisiak kvodo vehera lemosha vaamar lo zeyitnu kazeyitnu. Abos Rabbi Meir holds that when it came to matzas hashakel, Kodesh Baruch showed Moshe Rabbeinu a fiery coin. He took out a fiery coin from underneath the kisiak covered, and ultimately he showed it to Moshe and he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, "Zeyitnu, this is what you are supposed to give." Like this time matzas hashakel. So Abos the Tiklin Chadatin writes over here. On the left hand side, Tanner America Zayit, no severely mid the cup, mid Hashem, Ber El Kamin Mabea Shalish, Barmale Kazayit, no Hainushal Yugurli Olam. So, we'll say, interestingly enough, what Ramirez Darshaning is as follows. The fact that HaKadosh Baruch went out of his way to show Moshe Rabbeinu a fiery coin and Satan knew, Hashem was saying to Moshe, not only do I want Yisrael to contribute a machzah shekel, but it has to be a full half shekel. As we said before, it is the derech of coins to erode over time. Therefore, again, Rabbi Meir suggests that the din of Kalbon is actually a din da'oraisa. Now, we'll say, this is incredible. How can you say Kalbon is da'oraisa? It doesn't say it in the Torah. Oh, because what does the Torah say? What does the Torah say? A full machzah sashakal. So if you have to give a full machzah sashakal, by definition, the Kalbon becomes, the Kalbon becomes a requirement. We'll say, just as an aside, the Sfasem, the Gei Rebbe says, why does the, why does the Gemara have to say that Hashem showed Moshe a fiery coin, right? What is it? She showed him a full coin. So the Sassam says so beautifully because Chalish Baruch was telling Moshe not just what to give, but how to give. That when you give, give with his lavos. When you live, when you give, give with a fire. When you give, give with an excitement. That so much in Yiddishkeit is not just about what you do, but it's also about how you do it. We'll say one more line, then we'll stop. If you give a cello, so remember again, sell us two shkalim. So you give a sell, get back a shagal. You chayiv two kalbanos. Amr Rebbe Lazar, the Rebbe he to the Gemara says, Rebbe Meir, the Amr Rebbe Meir, Amr Echad Shekel Shunos, if Echad Sela Shunotel. The Sanyo, Elu Chayoven Bekalbon, these are the individuals who are chayiv in Kalbon. Kalbon Echad, one Kalbon, one Kalbon, Rebbe Meir, Amr Beis Kalbanos. So we'll say, interesting enough, Rebbe Meir, remember, holds that Allah Chalamaisa, this is incredible, this is incredible. Only Jews could come up with such a system like this where you get taxed on what you give and you get taxed on the change you get back as well. Pretty, pretty incredible. So I'll say, so I'm going to get taxed on the, sh- on the seller that I'm giving, but I'm also going to get taxed ultimately again on what I'm giving back. So Rav, so the Gemara says, Rav, Divriakoli. So I'll say ultimately again, that Rav is, the Amar Rabbi Meir, Echad Shekel Shunosin, Echad Shekel Shunotel, Echad Ledivrei Torah. So ultimately again, so I'll say, Halacha Lamaisa, I have to pay the kolbon both on the half shekel that I pay, and I have to go ahead and pay a kolbon on the half shekel that I receive in change. Astra Birmiya, Arba Sinot, we'll stop over. We'll pick up a minute Hashem with Astra Birmiya. Actually, let's finish the two dots. Astra Birmiya, Roshua Barab Yitzchak B'Shem Rav, Shlosha Kolbonos Inun. In fact, Rabbi now we have an opinion that says that there are in fact three kolbonos. What are the three kolbonos? Echad shekel shu no sin. One is a kalbon based on the shekel that you give. Echad shekel shu no tell. One is a kalbon on the shekel you get back. The echad ledvar Torah. And I both say we're being introduced to, and we'll continue with this tomorrow, a new source of kalbon. And what's the new source of kalbon? Perhaps just a general kalbon tax. So a kalbon on the shekel you give, a kalbon on the shekel you get back, and then ultimately another tax, another tax Ultimately, again, on just the essence of Marxist Jagal. To be continued, I'll say, Shkoyach.